Coming to you from KFAI Community Radio in Minneapolis, this is the Minute Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Jumande Tway, and on this podcast, you're going to hear some of KFAI's best arts and culture stories from around the state of Minnesota. The books seemed not gay enough to the gay community, whereas they were always too gay for <laughs> larger society. I just want to be that that spark. The other younger natives would be like, yo, this native dude is doing it, like, and I could do it too. So they was like, you're really tall and you're really pretty, you should be a model. And I was looking at it like, what is that? What's model? <laughs> what, 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 what is that? Today's episode, Breaking the Mold. We've got three stories about Minnesota artists who refuse to be put in a box. Women are, are crashing through the glass ceiling. Not always, not every day, not all the time, but enough. I mean, we're making progress. That's Minnesota crime writer Ellen Hart speaking back in 2017. She was accepting something called a Grand Master Award from the Mystery Writers of America. This award is a super big deal, actually. It's kind of like a Lifetime Achievement Award for people who write mystery novels. And Ellen Hart was the first openly gay or lesbian writer to ever receive it. So I, what I want to do is tonight, very, very, very deeply from my heart, is to thank MWA for helping me crash through the lavender ceiling. This is a first, and I'm, I'm very aware of the historical nature of it. Ellen Hart made history that day when she got that award, and she did it on her own terms. Here's KFAI producer Dixie Trico with more of Ellen Hart's story. I'm Ellen Hart, and I'm a crime writer. I've been doing that for about 32 years. My main character is a lesbian, and that was important to me because I didn't want to have to write myself and my own life out of my books. From the very beginning, I wanted to present Jane Lawless as living in the larger world. I did not want her to live in any kind of lesbian or gay ghetto. I wanted her to have friends across the board. And I wanted the stories themselves to live in the larger world as well. Sometimes those stories have a major gay content. Sometimes they don't. And so I think in a sense early on, the books seemed not gay enough to the gay community, whereas they were always too gay for (laughs) larger society. The mirror and the mask. He turned back to her before he left the room, stared at her for a couple of extra seconds, and said he had to run back up to his study and make a quick call. She smiled at him, told him to take his time, that she planned to work from home for the rest of the day. There was no hurry. And so it went. Susan, scrutinizing each new shift in topic, taking Jack's emotional temperature every few minutes, weighing each word on the slippery slope of normality. She learned one important truth over the course of that morning. Spending time with a man you're about to kill was agonizing. I write a more traditional mystery. It's not completely Agatha Christie or, you know, puzzle mystery, but I write more of a soft-boiled. There's not a lot of violence, not a lot of sex, but there's maximal suspense and minimal gore. Pace is so important in a mystery. For me, pace has to do with the breadcrumbs that you drop throughout the book, the clues, the things that keep the reader going, oh, yeah, well, I wonder what that means. Characters, I think, are fundamental. My books are very character-driven. In a mystery novel, 
it has to have a very firm, very defined plot. And those are really three tracks. They're like balls. You have to keep all three balls in the air at the same time. And if you drop one, you really lose the reader's interest. The name of the book is The Cruel Ever After. This guy thought he had the right to beg for mercy when he'd shown none to others. Tell me where Mia is. He coughed a couple of times. It's hard to kill, ain't it? Not for you. Of course, like you said, there's a lot I can do to you short of killing you. The thing is, I've never fired a gun before. I would imagine I'm not a very good shot. His eyes registered caution. Tell me where you're keeping Mia. Doesn't matter anymore. She's dead by now. Well, I was very honored to be given the Mr. Writers of America Grandmaster Award. It's the pinnacle of achievement in mystery writing. It was so wonderful because I was the first openly lesbian or gay writer to ever to receive the award. So in a way, I think it helped break the lavender ceiling. It's a very prestigious award. Other winners have been Agatha Christie, Stephen King, Alfred Hitchcock, so many people that I respect. P.D. James, who is the author that I used to help me learn how to write, is a grandmaster. And again, never expected that, but I'm thrilled. It's pretty cool that Ellen Hart lives right here in Minnesota. We have so many talented artists in this state. Fun fact, she used to be a professional chef. Mm-mm-mm. For our next story, we're going to head to the fashion runway. Let's meet a Minnesota model whose star is on the rise. Nyakim Gatwich is definitely breaking that mold. As a model, she goes by the nickname the Queen of Dark. That's because she has dark skin. Lovely, beautiful, glowing dark skin. And she's super proud of her complexion. Nyakim's family is from South Sudan, but there was a civil war there, and so her family fled to Ethiopia. That's where Nyakim was born. In 1993. Yeah, I, I never been to Sudan, so I consider myself to be Sudanese. Even though some people would say, "You actually Ethiopian," I was like, "No, I, I was just born there," you know. So yeah. Niakim grew up in refugee camps, first in Ethiopia, and also in Kenya. Back then, she didn't pay much attention to her complexion, but like many, many Africans, when she got to the U.S., things changed. She was 14 years old and just started middle school. The other kids in her class said things like, go take a shower. We can't see you in the dark. So she started questioning if something was wrong with the way she looked. Niakim told KFAI producer Iriana Giles that she considered bleaching her skin so she could fit in. So my sister, she's a beautiful, beautiful dark-skinned woman, but she did bleach, right? So it was like she was lighter than me. I, and then she, she's explained to me, she's like, when I came to America, I fell out of place. I felt like I did not belong here because my sister, she was as darker, even darker than me. Niakim's older sister was already a model at this point, and she was bleaching her skin. So she's like, she said, I bleached. So it was like, and the reason I bleached is because I felt like tall, beautiful models should be light-skinned, and I regret that. And then she would tell me that if you want to go ahead and do it, you could do it, but 
you're going to regret it. You're not gonna, your skin is not going to go back to as smooth and shiny as it is right now. And you're going to have some deeper issue about who you are. You're not going to love who you are for who you are. So if you want to do it, I should I, go ahead. My sister always told me that, and I was like, uh, you don't sound like you're happy with the, with the fact that you bleach, so I don't think I want to. Today, Nyakim is in her mid-20s, and her modeling career has taken off. Her skin tone sets her apart, and she's starting to get a lot of attention. Hell, I was surprised to find out Rihanna even follows her on Instagram. Now that Nyakim has more visibility, she wants to inspire other people to feel confident in their looks too. Especially people who've been told, you don't measure up. And then you look at the modeling industry. It's still dominated by people with light skin and straight hair. As a black model, I felt like I don't get as much opportunity as the blonde hair, blue-eyed girls or, you know, or fair skin. So what's it like for Nyakim to break the mold? KFI's Ariana Giles caught up with Nyakim to find out. Nyakim Godowich is like most students at her technical college in Minneapolis. She takes courses, studies for exams, but unlike her peers, Nyakim is blowing it up as a fashion model. So it was like, you're really tall and you're really pretty, you should be a model. And I was looking at her like, what is that? What's model? <laughs> what, 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 what was that? Modeling was a foreign concept to her when she arrived a decade ago from East Africa. In South Sudan, where her family is from, modeling isn't a thing. She was in high school, and she decided to try it out, to walk, as they call it in the industry. I started off with just doing these local uh, shows, local events, and I would just go walk because one of the designers said, hey, come and wear my clothes. Now I can find she liked the money, the attention, the clothes. Then things all of a sudden got real. Before all this blew up, because all this blew up like about a couple months ago, honestly, yeah, was, you went viral. You went viral. My left stroke just went viral. <laughs> a picture of Nye Kim with another African model got a lot of attention on social media. One was light skin, you know, yellow tone, curly hair, mixed girl vibes. Whereas Nye Kim's skin looks like warm, dark roast coffee. The contrast was so striking, the picture went viral. 320,000 people follow Nye Kim on Instagram. Her photos get over 10,000 likes. City Pages just featured her on its November cover. Let me describe Nia Kim, who's 24, because her looks are a part of the story. If you saw her at Target, you do a double take and think, who is that? Why is she so dolled up? Her hair is all bleach blonde curls. Her cheeks shimmer. She's slim and polished. She projects confidence. But being beautiful and so beautifully dark isn't always easy. One time, Nyakim was told she didn't have good hair, meaning her hair wasn't long enough, blonde enough, even straight enough. Crazy, right? Another time, a director flipped out because she thought Nyakim's skin tone clashed with an orange dress. Makeup artists even sometimes have to ask her to bring her own foundation to shoots. Her nickname in the press is the Queen of Dark. There was an article I was tagging to. I click on it. I was like, oh, this South Sudanese model has recently been named the Queen of Dark. Oh. That's, that's my nickname now. Okay. <laughs> her complexion invites all sorts of comments, like the time an Uber driver asked her. If you was given 10 grand, 10K, would you, would you bleach your skin? And I started laughing because I thought he was joking. And then I'm like, is you joking? He's like, no. I'm like, why you, when I ask him, like, why do you think, you know, I would do that? It's like, do you not struggle with having your, your skin being so dark? Do you not struggle with, you know, not being able to get a job or be made fun of and all this stuff? I'm like, actually, to answer your question, I would never do that. And then he was like, so you want to do it? I'm like, no, I consider my skin really beautiful. In many cultures, lighter skin is associated with beauty. But skin bleaching can cause discoloration and health problems. She's not buying that lighter skin is better thing. 
Instead, Nia Kim wears the queen of dark with pride. If you're confident, you're comfortable in who you are, you could model anything. So modeling to you is just confidence? It's just confidence. You just got to be confident in who you are. And she hopes her confidence will inspire others to be comfortable with their natural hues, too. There's nothing wrong with being different. Different is beautiful. This is Ariana Giles reporting for KFAI. You can check out Nyakim's Instagram to see her on the runway, doing her thing, wearing striking, colorful, beautiful clothes. Her online handle is at Queen Nyakim Official. Let's meet one more Minnesota artist who breaks the mold. I'm talking about the rapper Baby Shell. He's Ojibwe and from the Red Lake Indian Reservation. A few years ago, he won a local music competition and got to perform at First Ave in Minneapolis. He's also performed at Soundset. It's a major hip-hop music festival right here in Minnesota. Here he is being interviewed at Soundset by a reporter named Nikki G back in 2016. You are Native American. So what, what's a common misconception that people may think about, about rap with, um, you know, your tribe? Yeah. Well, really, it, I think it ties in really well. So misconceptions aren't really there. Because, like, my people really, like, uh, relate to hip-hop music and where it comes from because the struggle. You know, my people go through a lot of struggles on the reservation. And, like, I think hip-hop and my culture really really fit together because the drums the drums in our cultures are the same thing you know what i'm saying because my people with the powwows you know our drum was was the heartbeat of the nation the heartbeat of the earth you know what i'm saying so hip-hop is really like that too it's the heartbeat of the earth you know that's dope so you've been in the industry for a while now so So there's this expression you have to see it to be it like if you're going to break the mold it helps if you can see someone else who's also broken the mold too and that's what baby shell is doing he's trying to be that spark Here's KFAI producer Dan Zamzal with an audio portrait. A lot of times on the reservations, it's like we're all kind of trapped, and I'm talking about getting out of that trap like any way possible and stuff like that. And I feel like a lot of people relate to that not only being native but being from just poverty and struggling and getting out of that struggle and getting their families out of that struggle so the hook is kind of crazy. It's kind of wild because, you know, I'm getting a lot of stuff off my chest that I dislike about, you know, what's going on up there. So we had enough, you know, that's what I'm saying in the hook. You know, we had enough. We ain't keeping our lips shut, you know, no more. You know, this is me getting stuff out there, getting, you know, finally saying it, putting it out there on a platform where a lot of people hear it. I think I think a lot of people connect to that. They come they come up to me a lot and be like, "Yo, that song was pretty deep." You know, I didn't even know any of that was going on, type of stuff. You know, so a lot of frustrations come out. Now, 
Yeah. In this game, I can't trust. Yeah. Better hope I don't bust. Yeah. Better send them on the f down. Cause the actor ass and bring madness right towards these rap rap actors. Damage your career. I just hear it to rap motherfuckers in the trap for all the false acting in. This music I love. Use like a drug. The fuse are you dumb. Refusing to come to the light. Right hype. Spewing your blood with a mask on. Just in case you knew who I was. Yeah. Get our voices heard, man. Native Americans in general. You know, we don't have a lot of role models. We don't have a lot of heroes to look up to. We don't have people in the mainstream media. We don't have people in media in general. You know, so it's just just to be the voice for that for the voiceless people. I just want to be that that spark. The other younger natives be like, yo, this native dude is doing it. Like, man, I could do it too. You know what I'm saying? Just to be like that first stepping stone. I know a lot of people don't want to be a stepping stone in this business. But for my people, you know, I'm willing to, you know, take that for the, for my people, you know what I'm saying? And to be the best and, sit, and, you know, and have somebody be better than me. I feel like I'm the greatest in the midst of the love. I still feel like I'm hated. My own worst critic is myself five minutes. Feel I can do better than my best, never quit it. I'm in it for the long haul, you can say forever. Rest, rap the fam, yeah, we in it for whatever. Forever working on my talents, gotta make a move. I said I'm about to make it someday soon. I need to make it. I gotta make it, uh, I'm gonna make it someday soon. I need to make it, uh, I gotta make it, uh, I'm gonna make it someday soon. I just, I just want to inspire people to, to do it too. Whatever it is they're doing, just about getting it done, getting up, getting off your butt. You know what I'm saying? Getting the work done, man. Work, work, work for sure. I'm gonna make it someday soon. I'm a voice to the voiceless, yo. Keep it going when the going get tough. Take a chance, no coin flip, yo. For the bands I'll be going in. We're gonna close this episode out with another track from Baby Shell. It's called Baby Shell's World. The Miniculture Podcast is produced by Zan Holston. Todd Melby and Nancy Rosenbaum. Our music by Javier Santiago. Support for Minute Culture is made possible by a grant from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Share the Minute Culture podcast with your friends on Facebook and Twitter and write a review of the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. It really helps other people to discover the podcast. I'm your host, Jumonde Tway. Till next time, peace. <laughs>